Hello, Horror Fanatics. I'm Frank. And I'm Jen. And we welcome you to our weekly podcast, Oh! Oh, The Horror! Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe, or follow, to add us to your regular (laughs) rotation of podcasts. You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at oth at seriouslydecent.com. And you can check our back catalog at ohthehorrorpodcast.com. Yeah, do those things. Do all those things. Yeah. Follow, subscribe, comment, email, rate, listen. Yeah. Most importantly, listen. (laughs) Give listening a try. (laughs) (laughs) But not just when you're listening to a podcast. Maybe just try listening in general. Period. Yeah. 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 It's not a bad thing. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You know, maybe hear what people actually say instead of what you think they said. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. There's times I'll talk to you and I know I'm not reaching you at all. And I'm staring like right at you. Yeah. It's one thing if I'm sitting in a chair and I'm looking like I'm reading or, you know, just like messing with the guitar and I say something and, you know, I turn and you're just fucking zoned. (laughs) Or you're not even zoned and you're just not listening to me. Yeah. But yeah. it's worse when I'm looking like right at you and I'm like, I'm going to have to repeat this. Mm-hmm. Yep. And maybe have to do that. A couple times. A couple times. Yeah. 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 No, Sometimes I'm not here. Well, no, we're both guilty of that. Yeah. It's Sometimes I just decide to leave. Yeah. <laughs> my body is here, but mm-hmm. my mind. Yeah. It's not. It's been, been one hell of a, a week or so. Yeah, yeah. I uh, uh, I'm gonna give the uh, the the men listeners a tip. I recently went through a vasectomy procedure, and I completely underestimated. You overestimated your uh, healing abilities. Well, the, here's the problem. Okay. And and the doctor was talking about this because they almost didn't do the procedure. Because of the ibuprofen. So if yeah. you have a procedure done where you're under the knife, you got to have no ibuprofen in your system from a week prior. Yes. Because ibuprofen will stay in your system for a week. Yes. Or the, what is it? For a while. The NSAIDs, I think NSAIDs, they call NSAIDs, yes. Yeah. Anything that's anti-inflammatory like yeah. that. So that includes aspirin. Yeah. So here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Well, aspirin's worse than ibuprofen. It is, because it's so, an actual blood thinner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was good on the week because I brought you in to do the math. Yes. Because I had a back problem, lower back uh, muscle spasms. Yes. Three weeks prior to that appointment. And for two weeks, I was living on ibuprofen. Well, an ibuprofen Tylenol cocktail. Yeah, ibuprofen Tylenol, which they didn't have a problem with Tylenol. No. But so it was Flexerol, the muscle relaxers, ibuprofen. But I was taking... 400 milligrams of ibuprofen in the morning and at night. Yes. So I was taking a total of 800. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing a procedure, whether it's a vasectomy or anything like that, where you're going yeah. under the knife, if you're taking that much ibuprofen, two weeks. Yeah. Because that was my problem. The one side they did, everything went great. The other side, and I was bleeding out. Yeah. And so they had to do extra cauterization yep. with the pen there. Mm-hmm. 
and for a while it was bad. It was like sm- you could just smell the burning. You know, it's just and it's, it what was really did bad. They, did they do the brand from Nexium? I asked, and he said no. He wouldn't do it. I figured I right mean, on my my left yeah. p- left side of my pouch. They're there. You know, they're yeah. branding. No one will know. Exactly. You know? It'll be like your yeah. own little <laughs> fuck you, Keith. <laughs> you but, get my left nut. Yeah, but but basically, I knew it was bad because the nurse. I didn't tell you this. I saved this for the podcast. Oh, great! The nurse next to me, she's retired, come back because of the nurse shortage. And she's been a nurse for 40 years. So mm-hmm. you think this woman's seen everything. everything. Yeah. And next year she's going. <sighs> with when they started doing yeah. the, the left side and I'm looking, and I'm looking, I go, I turn her and go, you all right? She goes, yeah, no, I'm good. You know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> real good. Did she pass out? No, but I'm just sitting there. I was like, you know. Okay. I it's happening, yeah. you know. So yeah, then I go home and it was the longest recoup of a incision type cut thing that I ever had. Uh, now the other thing I didn't was do you coming home after work on Monday with oh. two blown uh, sutures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the little <laughs> sutures. Yeah. Sticking right out like antenna off your nuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that felt great brushing against my leg too. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So I had it done on a Wednesday. Yep. That Monday I go back, blue bull sutures. <laughs> I go to the doctor the next day. They're like, you're out for another week or you're out for a full week. Yeah. Basically. Dude, you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> just stop. Whatever you're doing, just stop. Whatever and you're doing. And I'm telling the doctor, I'm like, well, I talked to other people. They're done in like three days. And they're like, yeah, but that's you had, not your story. You had this whole ibuprofen thing. It changed everything. I was like, great. Well, and then you admitted that you did the rewind and you didn't actually heal that quickly from your sh- shoulder procedure or your uh, foot. Well, but I started doing the math. Was I taking ibuprofen? I don't know. Because I take ibuprofen when I'm sore. I can't take anything else. Now it's all changed. I'm taking Tylenol. I'm not taking ibuprofen. That's anymore. on you. I'm just not doing it. I'm still going to. I mean, I don't take any of that shit. Like, you know me. I yeah. got to be dragging to take anything. Yeah. But yeah. So the, the men out there, just make sure that you don't have ibuprofen in your system for two weeks. Yeah. When they go in to cut your nuts, just cut anything. Yeah. I, I'm. No, this isn't exclusive nut talk here. Hey, and maybe get some tidy whiteies to have on hand. Yeah, they won't hurt, especially if you hang low down there. Yeah. Which I do thought- your balls hang low? Do they <laughs> wobble to and fro? Can you tie them in a knot? Can you tie them in a bow? Boop boop. <laughs> yes. Can you throw them over your shoulder like a continental soldier? Do your nuts hang low? <laughs> And many more. Yeah. Well, Boxer Breeze didn't cut it for me. I got to tell you, though, for you ladies, it's a great opportunity to make up songs like Ice for Your Balls. How many? How, yeah, we had a catalog. Ice for going. Your Balls. Ice, ice My Balls. Din, 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 dig, dig, din, din. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My brother came up with Silver Balls. Yeah. 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 It was. It was fun. Yeah, there was there was a lot of hot cuts. 
Yeah, you had uh, the Doctor Who theme. Yeah. So after... Ice my balls. Yeah. Ice my balls. That's how <laughs> it started. That's how it started, because my timer... Ice your balls. The alarm was the Doctor Who theme. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it started. It's all going to start somewhere. Oh, it was so much fun. And this episode's got to start me. somewhere, so let's get rid of the ball talk. <laughs> That could be a whole episode about balls. We could. We just did it for a week and a half, two weeks. It never gets old. All right, I'm gonna rein it in. All right, episode sixty-eight. Yeah. In season two. In season two, it's episode fourteen. It's Our Lady of Guadalupe. Yes. So sources. Sources. Leave on me, Cotton. <laughs> I uh, started with the wiki. Yeah. Then I went to uh, Britannica. Uh-huh. Uh, Franciscan Media. So did I. American Magazine. Mm-hmm. Catholic.org. Me too. And a couple of YouTube videos. Yep. So, let's get into it. So, we actually mirrored uh, some similar... Uh, yeah. You I- know what? I didn't use uh, the Brave browser, though. I used Catholic.org, Saints, Our Lady of Guadalupe, and FranciscanMedia.org, Saint of the Day, Our Lady of Guadalupe. See, I'm back to Safari. Yeah. And the reason being is because you can make, I'll show you, tab groups. Oh. So those are the future episodes. Mm -hmm. And I got the tab groups there. So like Mormons and Egyptian Book of the Dead. Yeah. Prior to this, I see guitar on there, think or swim, chord progression. Yeah. Guitar stuff and stock stuff. Weird. I don't deal with any of that. Yeah. Weird. You should probably talk to an IT person about how that weird stuff got in your. uh, I'll have to hunt and find one. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll find one this week. Maybe. Yeah. If I look hard enough. Well, you can try zip. No. Recruiter. <laughs> don't make people think we got ads going on here. No, we don't. Because we, uh, we, we got a whole solution of that coming up once our host provider uh, upgrades. Nice. Yeah. I like upgrades. We'll be talking about that next episode. Before we'll be upgrade. Cybermen. Let people know what's going on. Okay. But yeah, Lady of Guadalupe. What a story. Yes. This is, uh, this is one of the... Um, I'd say pinnacle saintly stories. It's a big one. It's it it's goes it's back really to big. the sixteenth century. Yeah. What was it fifteen thirty one? Correct. December ninth. Yes. A Saturday morning. Yeah. On December ninth. In South America. It was a village near Mexico City. The Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a Chris Farley. The El Nino is Spanish for <laughs> the Nino. <laughs> oh, I miss that guy. Oh, man. So, I'm going to try this guy's name. Yeah? Yeah. Guatalatuac was baptized and given the name Juan Diego. Yeah. The- <laughs> Thanks. I feel like they I want to thank somebody. It. I, I want to thank somebody for that because he was a 57 year old widower and lived in a small village near 
the Mexico City. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And on Saturday morning, December 9th, 1531, he was on his way to a nearby barrio to attend Mass in honor of Our Lady. Yes. Juan was walking by a hill called Tepayac when he heard beautiful music like the warbling of birds. A radiant cloud appeared, and within it stood an Indian maiden dressed like an Aztec princess. The lady spoke to him in his own language and sent him to the Bishop of Mexico, a Franciscan named Juan de Zumaraga. The bishop was to build a chapel in the place where the lady appeared. The bishop patiently listens to Juan Diego's accounts and dismisses him, and the humble, the humble farmer has failed. So Juan Diego begins to doubt himself. He returns to Tepeyac Hill, where he hopes for some confirmation of what he's experienced. And indeed, Our Lady does not disappoint, for she appears again, as radiant as before. Juan Diego tells Our Lady what she already knows, that the bishop did not believe him, mm -hmm. and she instructs him to return the next morning and ask again. The bishop is beside himself. Why did this peasant insist on telling this story? How could he know if the peasant was lying or perhaps insane? At their second meeting, the bishop asks for a sign. Juan Diego makes a promise he won't keep, saying he will return the very next morning, morning with a sign from Our Lady. But that evening, that's when Juan Diego's uncle, Juan Bernardino, who is 68 years old and suddenly terribly ill, and the illness is known to the people there, and it brings a burning fever so hot, it's almost always fatal. Juan Diego cannot leave his uncle's bedside to keep his pledge to the bishop. He spends two days with his uncle trying to save him, and when it becomes apparent his uncle is about to die, he leaves to find a priest who can prepare him for death. Frightened and saddened, Juan Diego sets off in a great hurry. Time is running out, and Juan Diego is afraid his uncle will die without a last confession. On the road, in his way, Our Lady appears for a third time. Upset and afraid, Juan explains himself. Our Lady replies, am I not your mother? Are you not in the crossing of my arms? She asks, shamed by the admonishment, but emboldened by Our Lady's presence. Juan Diego asks for the sign he promised to the bishop. He knows he is wrong to doubt Our Lady. Juan Diego is instructed to climb to the top of Tepayac Hill, where he will find flowers. He is to pick the flowers there, which are unlike any he has seen before, and he is to keep them hidden in his tilma until he reaches the bishop. Juan Diego is skeptical again. It's December. What flowers could grow on the summit of the hill in this cold? Nevertheless, he obeys, and atop the hill he finds a great number of flowering roses, which he picks and hastily gathers into his cloak. For the third time, Juan Diego is ushered in to see the bishop. The skeptical cleric has waited for two days to see what sign Our Lady has for him. Juan opens his tilma, letting the roses cascade to the floor. But more than the roses, both men are astonished to see what is painted on his humble tilma, an exquisite image of Our Lady. In the image, she stands as she appeared, a native princess with high cheekbones, her head is bowed, her hands are folded in prayer to God. On her blue cloak, the stars are arranged as they appeared in the morning darkness at the hour of her first apparition. Under her feet is a great crescent moon, a symbol of the old Aztec religion. The message is clear. She is more powerful than the Aztec gods, yet she herself is not God. At the same time, Our Lady is appearing to Juan Diego and directing him to cut the flowers on Tepayac Hill. She also appears to his uncle, Juan Bernardino, who believes he is about to die. 
As soon as she appears, the fever stops and Juan Bernardino feels well again. She tells Juan Bernardino she wants to be known as Santa Maria de Guadalupe. Our Lady of Guadalupe, Guadalupe did not appear again, for her mission was complete. The temple was built and remains there today in what is now a suburb of Mexico City. Juan Diego's tilma, woven from cactus fibers with a shelf life of just 30 years at best, remains miraculously I read somewhere preserved. that it's basically like 15 years they last. The symbolism our of Our Lady's dress is obvious to over 8 million native Mexicans whom all speak different language. She is brighter than the sun, more powerful than any Aztec god, yet she is not a god herself, and she prays to one greater than her. Her gown is adorned with stars in the correct position, as in the night sky, and the gold fringe of her cloak mirrors the surrounding countryside. Millions of natives will convert at the news of what has happened. Millions more will make pilgrimage, pilgrimages over the next five centuries to see the miraculous tilma and to honor Our Lady of Guadalupe. Great miracles continue to occur even today. On October 12, 1945, Pope Pius XII decreed Our Lady of Guadalupe to be patroness of all the Americas. Her feast day is December 12th, and it is a holy day of obligation in Mexico. Our Lady of Guadalupe had this to say to Juan Diego, Know for certain, least of my sons, that I am the perfect and perpetual Virgin Mary, Virgin Mary Mother of the true God, through whom everything lives, the Lord of all things, near and far, the Master of heaven and earth. It is my earnest wish that a temple be built here to my honor. Here I will demonstrate, I will exhibit, I will give all my love, my compassion, my help, and my protection to the people. I am your merciful mother, the merciful mother of all of you who live united in this land, and of all mankind, of all those who love me, of those who cry to me, of those who seek me, of those who have confidence in me. Here I will hear their weeping, their sorrow, and will remedy and alleviate all their multiple sufferings, necessities, and misfortunes. She's also known as the Virgin of Guadalupe. The um, Spanish is Virgen de Guadalupe. It's a Catholic title of Mary, Mother of Jesus, associated with a series of five Marian apparitions in December 1531, and a venerated image on a cloak enshrined within the Basilica of Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico City. The Basilica is the most visited Catholic shrine in the world and the world's third most visited sacred site. According to Nikan Mopohua, a 17th century account written in the native Nahuatl language, the Virgin Mary appeared four times to Juan Diego, an indigenous Mexican peasant, and once to his uncle Juan Bernardino. And then they essentially write down the difference between the Gregorian and the Julian calendar. The first apparition is on the morning of Saturday night, uh, December 1531. The Julian calendar, which is December 19th, on the Gregorian calendar in present use. And then, let's see, what is the other cool thing? So the other visited sacred sites? Mm-hmm. One has to be um, Fatima in Portugal. No. Is one of them Medjugorje? No. River Ganges. Okay. It's huge. 
Okay. It's like number one by millions. Hmm. Yeah. Well, think about it. All the people that attend the River Ganges. Okay. <clears throat> and then Kaaba is the second one. Hmm. Yeah. That's, you know, you're getting into the Hindu and Muslims where there's just tons of followers. Got it. Yeah. Got it. I was thinking just. Yeah, you were locked in. No. I was I was locked into Christianity. Yeah. It's number three on sacred sites next to those larger populations. Huh. And I mean, what's interesting in the whole thing is at that time where they talk about the conversion of 8 million people, what was really interesting at that point is there was the whole Protestant revolt under Calvin and Luther going on in Europe Okay, yeah. at the same time. And it was basically, you know, in seven years, it was 8 million Indians uh, converted to the Catholic faith. Yes. And that's 10 times as many people that left the faith during the Protestant revolt. Right. So, like, they had this whole revolt going on. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile. With Calvin and Luther going on in yeah. Europe. And they're, like, chalking up wins. And they're like, yeah. Yeah. Look at me- what we did. Meanwhile, meanwhile, in South America, yeah. like, just, like, rolls right over. And it's an interesting thing as far as how they got to this step. Because they didn't really trust anybody. Mm-hmm. At this time when all this was happening, it was about 10 years after Cortez defeated the Aztecs in what you would now call the country of Mexico. Right. And it was hard for the Spaniards to forget how the Aztec Indians worshipped many gods mm-hmm. to whom they would offer these human sacrifices. Yes. And they would kill like 50,000 people a year. Yeah. Like I'd like people to kind of just grasp that. Take that in for a second because everybody talks about how the West was this peaceful land yes. and that the West was, you know, this, everybody was getting along. Yeah. There was no rules and, you know, all of it was just yeah. great. Colonization is what destroyed it. Was, it. Yeah. yeah. And, then colon, and I'm not saying colonization had, it was just all great sunshine and rainbows and honey. Right. There were yeah. some growing pains there that were terrible. But 50,000 people a year would get sacrificed as human sacrifices. Yes. Aztecs were doing this. Now, a movie that cranks this out, in my opinion, awesome, is that movie Mel Gibson made, Apocalypto. Apocalypto. Yeah. And if you haven't seen Apocalypto. Check it out. That is a great movie because the um, he actually used the uh, native... Uh, tribes, people of the area, mm-hmm. and they spoke that language of that era. Mm-hmm. So it was accurate in that regard. And like right, the little yeah. villages, like the camps, it wasn't even a village. It was a camp they were in. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to spoil the story, but right. but it's actually a great love story mm-hmm. in a sense where this guy's trying to get back to his family mm-hmm. after an incident, quote unquote. Yeah. But it accurately portrays um, and I remember reading a lot of the reviews of it, of what the Aztecs were doing yeah. at that time during these sacrifices. And it was fucking insane. Yeah. And everybody's just all in with it. Mm-hmm. And like, I can't even imagine like going from Spain, you hop on this boat yep. for a long ass time. There's mm-hmm. chances you're not even going to make it. Right. You don't even know where making it is. You don't even right. really know where you're going. And just keep swimming. <laughs> yeah, just keep rowing. Hope the wind stays up. And and then you make it to this place. 
Right. You've been on a boat forever. Mm-hmm. And then you finally catch land and then you hop into this place where all this shit's going on. And you're like, what the yeah. fuck? And of course, obviously these two civilizations go to war because there's nothing in common here. Right. Yeah. There's just nothing in common. And, and that's, what's amazing is since then it was hard, you know, the span, the Spaniards were Catholic and they were just naturally disturbed and disgusted by this yes. behavior. So there was just massive distrust on both sides and life in these, uh, these new colonies. And it was difficult and, and dangerous. And then you have this, this person appear. And the thing was, is it was an Aztec Indian who it appeared to. Right. This is where I'm kind of getting into the nuts and bolts of and how she appeared incredible. as an Aztec princess and to him. To him. Yeah. yeah. But all of these things that you mentioned earlier, like the cross, that was the cross of how Spain came over. That's what was on their sails and what was represented through there. The constellations was more of the Aztec thing. So she was this marriage of ideas. Yeah. She brought this marriage of ideas. And that's what she brought was unity. That's what brought everybody together. They saw uh they saw through her something of their own. Right, yes. Together. Yes. And like you said, just a perfect amount of unity there. It's amazing that eight million people convert. In this amount of time. Yeah. I mean. These are these weird stories of Christianity and especially listen, if, Catholicism that are just strange. You if know. I were living among the Aztecs and we mm-hmm. had our, our multiple gods and we're just like, oh, I hope I'm not one of the 50,000 that gets sacrificed this year. Yeah. And uh, then all of a sudden this other group comes in. And they're explaining this whole other way of life. Yeah. And you're like, wait, what? You mean I don't have to die? See, here's the thing, though. And this gets into, like, cult behavior. Mm-hmm. Where you're just soul, soul, you're, you're sold in on that idea. Mm-hmm. That's generations of people that have done this. Yeah. So they're to a point now where they just, there's no other way. Yeah. There's no other way, period. So there's no fear in it. There's right. the honor in doing right. it. But to a certain degree, is, but everybody, is, everybody if, doesn't want to die. That that's where it ends. This apparition appears mm-hmm. and is and is essentially confirming that I don't have to die. Yeah, you know, as a sacrifice, I could live this other life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have. I would have been a convert. Well, I would have been like, yeah, but but you, son, but you also got to put it in context with it. It's it's ten years after all of this took place with. The smashing of the cultures. You know, it wasn't at the same time. Yes. It was 10 years after. So 10 years is enough time to where you're starting to get, you got to remember people didn't live as long. Mm -hmm. You're just talking about how this guy's like, you know, 50. 57. And yeah, that's an old dude back then. Yeah. And And his uncle's 68. He's even older. Yeah. (laughs) And not doing well until. Well, I mean. Until our lady showed up. So there was the illness. The fever. But the fact is, is. You have enough generations in 10 years to kind of come up to see this new way. Right. Versus this elder generation that just can't, can't leave the idea. Mm-hmm. And, and then you have this event that takes place. Yeah. Which, if I were one of the elders who was like, no, this is what we've been doing for millennia. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this apparition appears. And now there's this image on a tilma 
and these flowers. I don't even know if roses roses grow there, but it's not it's it's not in that season. It's winter. Right. Yeah. And I would especially be like, at that elevation. Yeah, I'd be so like, that's the wait, double negative of all it. these things happened. Yeah. That's pretty freaking extraordinary. And nobody had nobody got fifty thousand people didn't have to die for it to happen. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. For people that don't believe in Christianity and don't believe, you know, that's the stuff you got to maneuver yourself around is where did the flowers come from? Yeah. And then the poncho. The poncho's still hanging up there. Yeah. 500 years. 500 years later, it's still there. And you can go there and take a look at it. And it says um, the Archbishop kept Juan Diego's mantle first in his private chapel and then in the church on the public on public display where it attracted great attention. And on December 26th, 1531, a procession formed to transfer the miraculous image back to Topiak Hill, where it was installed in a small, hastily erected chapel. During this procession, the first miracle was allegedly performed when a native was mortally wounded in the neck by an arrow shot by accident during some stylized martial displays performed in honor of the Virgin. In great distress, the natives carried him before the Virgin's image and pleaded for his life. Upon the arrow being withdrawn, the victim fully and immediately recovered. It's crazy. If that's not a miracle, I don't know what is. Well, and here's the other thing. South America has uh, its share of two really amazing miracles with... Uh, with St. Saint Mary, basically. Yes. The, fr- the other one's even stranger than this. Yes. And that's where, because we don't have that as a topic coming up. The one in Brazil? Yeah. No. Yeah, which I was glad about that because I knew we'd be kind of yeah. short on time and we could riff on this kind of stuff. But that one's really crazy. It is. Because at that time, well, basically back backwards up, the, the colonizers, the ones exploring, Mm-hmm are sailing through, checking place to place. Mm -hmm. Then they come up upon this tribe or group of people, and they have the same practices as they do as Catholics. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, have you seen any of us before? And they describe Mary. Yeah. With the blue. Yep. You know, the white and blue and just the... And she would visit them and teach them in their language Yep, because they didn't know English or yep. Spanish. Mm-hmm. At that time it was Spanish with yeah. everyone migrating over or exploring. And they knew all the, basically the mass yeah, and all, all of that stuff mm-hmm. through this apparition of Mary. Mary would go in and tell them how to do this. Mm-hmm. And then these guys come in and they don't know how to communicate with each other other than having mass together. Right. And it's insane. It's just two separate stories that, right? Yeah, you know, these are the home run hitters of saints, so to speak. Yeah. And there's, I, you know, I don't, I'm not a saint expert by any means, but there are ten of them mm-hmm. that I've encountered that you really can't explain your way out of. Yeah. Other than to just be a total pain in the ass and say, "Oh, it's just a stupid story." Yeah. Yeah. That's the only way to. Right. Put your way out of it. But to have these stories passed down like this mm-hmm. and like that story being passed down mm-hmm. and there's evidence of it. It wasn't one person no. that like hopped off their boat. It was the whole boat. Yep. And they went there and they all agreed with it, you yep. know, in unison. 
And that's what makes all of this a little weird is it's just all in unison. Mm -hmm. Even this, to have 8 million people convert. Yeah. And, and you think about it, the way communication was and things mm -hmm. like that. Look at something like Scientology mm -hmm. or anything today. Nothing has that transition. No. A bit effect and here's to the it. thing: the the Virgin has appeared. She's appeared in quite a few oh, places, all over. Yeah, she's and, she's and, busy. <laughs> but it but it seems like in the stories, like with Fatima and other ones, mm -hmm. that this this appearance is always when when things are in a bad sense. Yeah, she appeared it's, in Medjugorje, not too long ago yeah. like in the 1980s or 80s yeah. yeah yeah and i think they even did an episode on unsolved mysteries get out of here oh what my god odds? you watched that show I, religiously yeah i did you've um, never stopped you still watch i still it. watch it the yeah. old ones not the yeah the no new ones. no i don't <laughs> what a, what's, what's this new thing you speak of <laughs> and it was impressive. Yeah. They they have a thing where you can you can have a rosary blessed in Medjugorje at the sacred site. And the rosary changes colors after it's been blessed. Yeah, I've heard about that. So if you didn't use so my question, mood ring beads <laughs> for your rosary. Yeah. <laughs> What? How? Who to? But my question to that, see, that's a place I'd like to go visit. I would love to visit. Because, like. I'd love to visit all the sites, do, honestly. Does that happen when I bring my rosary there? Or do I have to buy one of theirs? Because if I have to buy one of theirs, I got a problem with that. No. No. It's, you can bring your rosary and yeah. have it blessed. Mm -hmm. And it's, it was pretty common yeah. that the rosary changed colors. Yeah. I'd like to see what your uh, rugged rosary would change to. I know, because I kind of like the theme to this. That's why I bought it. Yeah. You know, if it turned, I don't know. What if though. it turned hot pink? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Here you would have this sacred blessed object, but it's and hot it's pink. hot pink. Yeah. Would you rather? Oh, here we go. <laughs> Let me roll my sleeves up, because I love a would you rather. Hit me. Would you rather go back to being an atheist mm. or visit a sacred site and, and all of a sudden rosary your rosary hot pink? turns hot pink? Like neon hot Miami Vice. Like 1980s. Miami Vice pink, the yes. pastel pink. No. Or the like hot. hot pink. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got to go with the latter. I'll, I'll carry the You'll hot carry pink, the rosary, hot pink rosary Well, I look at it from this point. It would be a total conversation piece. Yeah, it'd be like, dude, what's with the freaking flamingo rosary? Yeah. And you'd be like, and I'd be like take check a, this out. Take a seat. Yeah. Huh. So we got to do that. Yeah, we do. Now, if it turns green or something like that, then. It would be cool if it turned blue because that's the color of her cloak. That would make sense Blue to me. Blue would be cool. Or green, because that speaks to me. Yes. And that's in a way, it's speaking to me directly. What if it changed <laughs> to the color? Purple? No, no, that each person was thinking of. 
Like everybody walks yeah. in and they've got their. So their it's the hat at Hogwarts. <laughs> is that what it is? Hat. It's the sorting hat at Hogwarts. I don't think it works that way. I think it's just like one universal color. Where I just go there and I'm like, into. not hot pink, not hot pink, not hot, hot pink. pink. <laughs> Damn it. And you can't say, Jesus Christ. You can't say that. I bet you could say, our blessed mother. Mm hmm. Please, I am most grateful for the blessing of my rosary. Yeah. However, it would be amazing. You're going to throw some addendums out. If my hot pink rosary could be like maybe not so hot a pink or maybe not pink at all. Kind of pink like. Love and Rockets, Jennifer. Kind, kind of pink like silver. <laughs> Like just a sort of, like just a sort of pink, pink like blue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but it's interesting because, like, I I look at that where, uh, you know, you know, the biggest thing I hate hearing is people complain. It just drives me straight up the wall. Yeah. Especially complaining over just the superfluous, just just stupid. My favorite stupid is when you complain over shit that can't be controlled. Like, no, oh that. my God, it's 40 degrees today. <laughs> it was 70 on Wednesday. Well, what the fuck, dude? Move. That's New go York. To an, go to another state then. March in New York State. I I had this discussion at work with some customers that were coming through. You could get all four seasons in one day. I said, March is the drunk uncle that you have at a barbecue. The drunkle? Because it, it, it's going to do whatever it wants. Yeah. And you just got a deal. Yeah. It's yep. the drunk uncle mm -hmm. at a barbecue. March will be like, you, you know, know what? what's wrong with you? <laughs> Six inches of snow. Yeah. March <laughs> will just be like, you know what? 60 degrees today. Yeah. I'm feeling 60. Yep. And then tomorrow, you know what? How about 10 degrees, six inches of snow? Yeah. How do you like that? And then tomorrow it's going to be 55. <laughs> In 20 minutes, it's going to be 40. Yeah. You're going to have four seasons in one day. Yep. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, a drunk, it's a drunk uncle of months yeah. at a yeah. barbecue, uh -huh. I think. But no, when I hear people complain and then like reading these topics and then like this, I just jump always like whenever I can dig some dirt on the Aztecs, like yeah. I'm just all over it because the Aztecs, like, like last we, last podcast we did Egypt. Yeah. That was quite a machine, you know. Yes. But they didn't they didn't deal sacrifices like the Aztecs did. Like Aztecs no. cornered they, the market didn't on Didn't they have like uh the altar yeah. at the top of the at pyramid? At the top of the pyramid building. Chop the head off. Yeah. The head would roll down one section and the blood would roll down I another. I don't know exactly on it and now I'm going to have to read it read up on it to get on it but i know maybe we should do an episode on the aztecs no we could there's a ton of ton of information out there but I think it, it would be fascinating it's amazing because like i said i fifty thousand people a year just for sacrifices yeah there had to have been a lot of fucking man because that's a lot of people to kill yeah i mean that's some serious math there let's do the math Oh, it's your favorite. I know. So we got. 50. Careful if, with your math boner over there. Yeah. You yeah. have. Uh, you have a 
<laughs> it's 136 people a day. 137 Jesus. if you round up. Ugh. A day. So, so they don't just blow their wad on uh, one day? So here's the thing. If they did one day per month. No, I just mean like one day on their feast day. 50,000 people. It's like their Super Bowl. <laughs> and they just. Whishing, yeah, but let's just say let's just say it's monthly. Mm-hmm. That's four thousand one hundred and sixty-seven people a month. Like I said, like if they did to, it, there had to be a lot of fucking because you do yeah. numbers that large. Yeah, your population's not lasting long. Yeah, no, that's you're you're literally having kids to sacrifice at the end of the day. Yeah, that's what you're doing. Yeah, like. Think about that for how much the world has changed. Yeah. Because nobody's doing that anymore. No one. No. And and then you had this going on like full throttle. Mm-hmm. Like I said, 4,167 people a month. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, it, you're, you're now. I would have to think it would have to be like uh prisoners of war like they have to go out and well that's apocalypto with with communities they bring them in and then they become that's apocalypto the bulk of their that would make sense to me because otherwise like i said your population is gonna be no i read somewhere that they had to do that uh to keep up with demand so to speak Mm -hmm. but even then they're still getting people but yeah, from what they say, you know, obviously you're going to look somewhere other than home because, but again, this is where, this is where you have a problem with, and this is why I don't think it worked for Egypt at the end of the day. Like, like a monotheistic religion works. Yeah. And it's tested time. Yeah. It really it's has. withstood the test of time. Not only withstood the test of time, but also the evolution of human beings as mm-hmm. they've evolved. Mm-hmm. I think it's helped in assisting in that evolution in a big way. Mm-hmm. This could be a hot topic with people, but it's just true. Because all of these poly religions. Polytheistic. Yeah, yeah, these polytheistic religions didn't work. No. Well, uh, Hinduism and Shintoism is still alive and No, that's and still well alive and well. India. That's still alive and well. Uh, but the big, big thing with this is, like, I think there's that turn. I think this is where science coming in alleviates some of that. Mm -hmm. But if you're a full-blown person that you think, like, there's a God that controls the weather, and if you don't make that God happy, it easily turns into sacrifice. Because, like, after I look at it, like, I understand how they got to where they were. Yes. If you're a farmer and you're giving everything you have to survive, and it's not enough. Yeah. You're going to get creative. Yeah. <laughs> you well, just gonna, what I'm doing is not working. You know, so let's grab let's Sally. This. Let's grab Sally. Put her on the altar. Or Sally accidentally dies and they're like, well, oh my goodness. And then they have this great good fortune. And, that's and they're how, like, that's hey, how that shit starts. I did the math. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's how that shit starts. Yeah. And people just make a solution out of nothing. Mm hmm. You know, just a, a tragedy and make See it. See a need, fill a need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when you're desperate, yeah, that's the problem with desperate times. Desperate times call for desperate. You know, you measures. you see people that are otherwise normal, rational. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like there's 
there's a, there's a good population of homeless out there that are people that just made a series of bad choices and yeah. they are just stuck. Yeah. They're totally stuck. Mm-hmm. And and they don't know how to work their way out, but a lot of them don't want to work their way out. My true. dad and I had this conversation, the last phone call we had, where I don't know how it got to it, but we were just talking about it. Oh, he was talking about vets because mm-hmm. dad goes to the VA all the yeah. time and gets it, you know, and he's just big into veterans and helping out veterans and stuff like yeah. that. And he said, the problem is, is you get someone that's like a homeless vet. And this is what a lot of people don't understand is they're addicted to alcohol. Mm-hmm. They're addicted to some sort of drug. Yep. And in order for them to get help, and and stay in a halfway house they have to quit all that yeah and they don't want to quit yeah so that's why they're homeless Mm -hmm. that's why they stay homeless Mm -hmm. and and that's something that people don't talk much about the homeless community Mm -hmm. it's all just a a series of unfortunate events that got people into this and people say well yeah there is drug addiction and all that it's like yeah but in order to get them to a halfway house they got to clean up yep so how do you clean them up if they don't want to. Yeah. The whole point You is, could offer them food. You could offer them room. You well, know, dad was telling me, he goes, you could offer some of these homeless vets, and he's not talking about just homeless in general. Yeah. He's talking about what he knows. Yes. Of this group, you know, that unfortunately exists. Mm-hmm. But he said, you know, you could offer a homeless vet that's addicted to drugs and alcohol and offer them a five-star suite. You could offer them the best room, mm-hmm. the best food, the best everything, and they won't take it. Yeah. If they can't get drunk. Yeah. And that's how powerful the that, drug is. That has a hold on you. Yeah. And if it has a hold on somebody so, you know, like homeless and just broken like that, mm-hmm. look at the hold it must have on even a controlled person. Cause mm-hmm. like this August will be six months clean for me. I mean, I have a drink here and there. Six years. Or six years. Whoops. <laughs> Rounding error. I was like, wait. I know. You looked at me like. I'm like, did I miss something? What have you been doing? Was there yeah. a party that I wasn't a no, part of? No, but six months clean for me in. Six years. Or six years. <laughs> Guys. I think Frank's subconsciously three. going on a bender. Take three. I'm six years clean this August. Okay. And but I remember letting it go and just seeing how other people are with it. Yeah. Like there's that that line you cross mm-hmm. where you're just in a different land mm-hmm. and like a different reality, it almost seems at times. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'll have a drink once in a while, but it's a drink. And like, like yeah. this weekend, I or not this weekend, but a few weekends I have coming up. I told you, I, I don't even think I had the desire to even have one anymore. Yeah. You know, it used to be just like, oh, celebratory drink with the guys. I'll have my one beer, whatever. I don't even want that anymore. I will say when we stopped drinking, um, the alcohol that I used to enjoy, especially as far as wines, yeah, like a having a a taste of that now it's not the same and i it's not enjoyable and honestly i'm at the point where you know i i i love a glass of champagne yeah yeah um i will never turn down a glass of champagne or glasses of champagne but with my gout i'm limited to two at best yeah 
Well, but the thing was, is like the way we quit was different than most people quit. Like most yeah. people quit. They're like, oh, this is tearing me apart. I got to stop. Mm-hmm. We were kind of like that, but we had other things going on in life. And we were like, you know what? I, I want to go into this. I want to go with this head. with a clear head, mm-hmm. a straight mind and all that. Then it was a few weeks. I, I'd say like a month to two months after that decision. And we just quit cold turkey. Yep. Done. And then. And then I had, you might've been different, but for me, I had this huge realization of why I was drinking. Like I wasn't drinking just to have a good time. Cause I always labeled myself as the weekend binge drinker. Right. And yes. I was, Yeah, I had a really just crazy job Monday through Friday. I didn't touch a drop, mm-hmm. but like Friday I'd get home, bam, I'm off to the races till Sunday. Yep. And and I did that for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And then in my 20s, I think I was drunk all of my 20s. Yeah. There was more times I was drunk than, than sober. Yeah. And and I look back and, like, I I always had this, like, social mechanism around it. It's like, oh, I'm just doing it to have fun. Yeah. I'm a social drinker. I'm a social drinker. And, like, I did the same thing with smoking. I had mm-hmm. that same attitude. It's just I like smoking. I just like to smoke. I will say I did not have an epiphanal moment as to why I was. No, then like I realized I had all these open pits that I had to deal with, like these emotional pits or this, you know, it's like, oh, I'm bored. Mm -hmm. I'm losing my mind. I'm going bored. You know, I just, I have nothing to do. And I realized like I filled all this time with being drunk. Mm -hmm. And, and so I had to fill that with something. Or if I just, how many people just go home from work and they're like, oh, I had a bad day. I need a drink. And like to know you had a bad day and you can't have a drink or you won't have a drink. Right. Now you got to realize, all right, I got to deal with my day. Yeah. I got to deal with my day. I got to go through with you gotta it. Got to break go, down this day. Yeah. And some days would beat the hell out of you and you go home. All right. There's nights I remember crying. Just like I'm a mess. I'm a wreck. Yeah. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I am. That was the worst part of quitting drinking for me. Mm-hmm. Because I thought I didn't have a problem at all. I thought I was in total control of everything. And then I realized that I wasn't in control of fucking anything. Mm -hmm. And that I turned to this thing every single time. Right. To just basically run away from whatever things were. Well, you didn't have to deal with it. Yeah. And and it just, uh, I think that was the most growth I had in one year of my whole life was that first year. I just grew so much. And then caffeine was the other one Yeah, where I quit caffeine. And I mean, like, I'll be honest. I'd rather be around four drunks late at night being a designated driver than four people in the morning with no coffee. Yeah. That's how crazy coffee is. Yeah. And I guarantee I could probably talk to any sober person and a sober person that also doesn't drink caffeine or consume mm-hmm. caffeine. It's amazing. It's amazing it's as someone who who is not a consumer to look around at the consumers and man and just witness it. The the patterns that you see just like, witness it. Like there's there's bursts. It's it's um how do I how do I want to explain it? Like it's not it's an illusion that yeah. it's actually helping you and waking you up because there's that initial spike when the caffeine hits your system mm-hmm. and, oh, look, 
at me. I'm super productive. And then there's the crash. Yeah. And that crash is bad. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, that that afternoon coffee mm-hmm. doesn't do it anymore. So you're like, all right, well, okay, I'll have two cups instead oh, yeah. of instead of one. And you, it's like chasing the dragon. You end up having to have more and more and more. I remember when I was working in IT, I'd have three to four large cups yeah. of coffee a day. Well, you Every can, single anytime day. we went into the IT cube farm, that's all it was, yeah. was coffee cups yeah. everywhere. No, it's a life source. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. But then here's the weird thing. I quit coffee or caffeine. Yes. I quit caffeine. And I'm thinking, all right, I'm not going to be able to perform at yeah. the peak I used to yep. and all that. And then I find I perform better now than yes. ever. Yep. Even at 46 going on 47 in July, like I laugh, I'm around 20 year olds. Yeah. And I've got, I've got energy just boiling out of me. And you know what else you don't have? I don't crash. have, the, I don't have the crash though. And that that's what crash I, is brutal. That's what I explained to everybody. It's like, I might not have the peak you have at one point in your day. Yeah. But I also don't have the crash. I'm this nice middle even. line. You're even, keel even keel all day. That's all and I got to do. Average, when you average out the peak and the crash, oh, yeah. you're probably better than the peak and the crash. Well, you're, you you're in a crash longer. Yeah. Cause you need, it to go back up. Yep. I, I tell everybody, I, I quit weed. I quit mm-hmm. Coke, but I was a very recreate. I couldn't afford to be a routine Coke user. Correct. I, I just didn't have the money for it. Mm-hmm. I made a lot of money. <laughs> you did. But so like the Coke was once in a while, but yep. like anything with Coke, like when you have it, oh, I got to have all of it. And uh, so it was weed, Coke for me, and then cigarettes caffeine. I wasn't a big weed guy. No. I didn't do weed well. No, you didn't. I like to be up. Can confirm. I wasn't the down type. I needed no. to be up. Yeah. And um and out of everything that I quit and I look back at it now with this kind of lens that I have, if I were to go back, if there was one that I couldn't pick forever to go back to, it would be coffee. I would never, ever want to do, or caffeine. Yeah. I'd never want to do caffeine ever again. Yeah. Like if they put all that in front and they're like, look, at one point in your life, you're going to go back to one of these. Yeah. Pick which one you don't want to go back to. It's caffeine for me. Yeah. Because it's just, uh, it's crazy. It's totally crazy. And then like, I'll watch somebody crashing hard. Oh, yeah. And they're just miserable. They're mean. Like, people talk about drunks being mean and stuff like that. Yeah. You can't even be around somebody who hasn't been had their cup of coffee yet. Yeah. You can't even be around them. You can't communicate. It's, to me, it's the same thing. Yes. As a, as a drunk. Yes. But the unfortunate part is, is they're not, like, lethargic or anything like that. They're just, they're going through withdrawal. It's mm-hmm. crazy. It is. It's absolutely crazy. It is. And I don't knock people for doing it. Like, no, I mean, everybody's got their thing. coffee's good. I, I'm an ice cream junkie. Yeah. You know, you take my ice cream away from me. Yeah. You might get fucking hurt. You know, that's. Well, don't tell anyone on Facebook. If they take your ice cream away, you'll cut them because you'll be in Facebook jail. That's what I hear. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. what do you think of final thoughts of our lady Guadalupe? Since we haven't talked. I want to go. 
I want to go. I'd like to go. I want to go there. I want to see it. Yeah. I I want to do like the um the high level sacred site slash saints tour. Okay. Like I'd like to do I'd like to do that at some point. Are we going to I'd like to fit in some gem gem hunting while we're well, doing that. Gem hunting we're doing this year. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm thoroughly excited because I've never done gem hunting before. I'm very before. excited. Yeah. So we're going to do that locally. Get my chops up, so to speak. Yeah. And then once I'm familiar with it, then I want to go around to these other places. I got a lady boner, I'm not going to lie, yeah. about the gem hunting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I aim to please. Yeah. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I could say I'd do it on purpose, but... <laughs> I'm too selfish for that, I guess. But yeah, I think uh, my big take home bit with this story here mm-hmm. is it's just, it's not the only one. No. It's an amazing, there's no, a lot not. of them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Padre Pio. Yeah. Padre Pio's story is crazy. I will admit, I believe. <sighs> All right. I'm going to back that up. I don't remember whether the story of Medjugorje was first or the story of Padre Pio. I almost think, I think I had the book on Padre Pio before Medjugorje, but I didn't pay any attention to it. And then during the whole Medjugorje thing, there was a reference to Padre Pio. And I was like, hey! him and then i read about him and i went holy shit yeah and i mean like reader's digest cliff version i didn't read another story about for those for those who aren't aware of padre pio he was a very very faithful man and i say we save it well i'm just gonna give a brief thing he had wounds that were similar to christ on the cross they call it the stigmata yeah the stigmata and he would lose a lot of blood a day yeah Enough to, that should have rightfully killed somebody. Yes. And, and he hit him. Yep. And people that were close to him knew he had him. And the thing is, is the, the amazing part of it, aside from him bleeding that much and staying alive was the fact that, uh, his, um, raps that he had, uh, people that handled him would be healed. Yeah. And there's uh, this evidence of this. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, there's still some of his uh, raps kind of scattered all around. Mm-hmm. I think I heard somebody say that there's some possibly in Utica here, uh, Utica, New York. Mm. I got to look into that more, but I think there's a um, there's a, a church or, or something that... Uh, that would be amazing. Don't quote me on it, but... That's why I say it yeah. would, but they have them. They have them kind of spread around. But, yeah, but yeah, it's it's an amazing story, and there there's stories like that, so, and like even this story. Fun like, Catholic fact: <laughs> each church, like Saint Mary's or Saint Joseph's, mm-hmm. is supposed to have a relic of that saint. Yeah. in their church. Correct. Correct. That's if you know they're fake or not. Yeah, the churches. You know, yeah. That's a, that's yeah. what Annunciation put out on Ash Wednesday. He put out the relic. The relic, yeah. Yep. No, so that's, like, even this story with Our Lady Guadalupe, if you don't believe the roses and if you don't believe the the poncho, 
with the image on there. Mm-hmm. And if you were to walk up the, the thing that you, you know, you're going to kind of spin around on is the 8 million people that converted. It's yeah. the largest conversion ever taken place in history. Mm-hmm. 8 million people in as little as, what was it? 10 years? Something like that. Forgot already. Yeah. We'll say it's 10 years. We just say whatever we ten. want. Yeah. Roll dice, ten, Four. boom. <laughs> Four. <laughs> if you're into mini golf. You'll get that reference. Yeah, yeah. I love that we throw out the random references, and I think it's great for the drinking game, for those of you who drink. For those of you who drink, yeah, yeah. Your but, beverage of choice. But that's the one thing you, you have to consider is these eight million converts. Yeah. Something amazing had to happen. Yeah. Eight million people don't just drop everything that they've known for centuries. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, no, this is the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's it was the Mandalorian. Mando? This is the way. It's the way. Yeah. (laughs) So what do we got next week? We have the way down. I know. I'm super excited. Our cult of the This is the cult where you lose weight for Jesus. Yeah. So don't do that either. Yeah, lose weight for yourself if, if you, you want have, to. Uh, if you have HBO Max, it might still be on there. Yes, and it is called the Way Down. And it's called the Way Down. Definitely re- worth a watch. Definitely. Uh, if not, we'll uh, we'll brief you up next week. Oh yeah. As our uh, continuing Cult of the Month series, I like Cult of the Month. I'm I love Cult lie. of the Month. I love me a good cult. 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 Oh, cult. I just. The weirder, the better. Because you know what's yeah. amazing is there's no shortage of weird cults. And there's no shortage, apparently, of people who just blindly go into yeah. them. Like, this is amazing. It Wait, changed what? my life. Yeah. Oh, it just, uh, it really just shows. How, how sad people are as a whole. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's sad for me. It should be sad, I know, but but for me, I don't. I think there's just some people, and I've said this before that I think you. And the longer we've done this pet podcast, I'm more convinced of it. I was talking about it with mm-hmm. you earlier. I, I, you got things in your genes that yes. are just there. Yep. And I think some people have them a little more vulnerable. Yep. You know, others have it a little protected. Mm-hmm. But like with cults, there's just that need to be involved in something. They need to that be need a part to of be something, a part and, belong. Of something mm-hmm. and belong. And it and and the need is so much that you'll disregard all of this stuff that a rational person would not go for. And I'm not talking about like believing in a a guy that built a boat and got two of every animal and stuff like that. Right, because yeah. Like, even people that practice Christianity look at that story a number of ways. Correct. There's the ones that say, oh, yeah, no. No, he literally he built literally a boat. He literally built a fucking yeah. boat, and he put two of every animal on there. Yeah. Then you've got the other ones, you know, I'm in this story, where it's not about the boat. No. It's not about the flood. No. It's not about any of that. It's about trust. In the Lord, yes. Trust in the Lord yep. and trust that I'm going to do this crazy thing. Because mm-hmm. you have my best interests in mind. Yes. You're going to help me through it. Yep. It seems impossible. Mm-hmm. It seems crazy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's kind of like those old uh, those old hymn songs. Uh, 
especially from the South where like, don't move that mountain, mm-hmm. keep it there. Yep. Just help me step by step. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's where like you look at a cult and the cult just, there's every single one of them has their weird little thing. And we're going to talk about it with yeah. this one. I mean, the last one, the Mormons, it was this, you know, golden plate. Yeah. And this guy finds this golden plate and everything's all good with it, which I'm glad I remembered quick. There was the documentary we watched on the guy who created all of the uh, Mormon documents. Mormon documents. And they were all frauds. Forgeries. Forged. And the Mormons were paying out the ass for these documents. Yeah. And they're like, oh, he found another one. (laughs) This one guy finding all of them. And he was so pissed at Mormonism that he created a document that was supposed to have been from, uh, was it Joseph Smith? Uh, something and, like that. And it was yeah. called the Salamander Text, where it wasn't an angel that appeared to him. It was a white salamander. Yeah. And the white salamander is who led him to the plates. Yeah. I mean, just... And the church bought it so that they could bury it. So they could bury it. Yeah. yeah this just shows you how crazy all of this comes to a, a halt. And I, I was so upset. I, I remember forget the name I of I remember it. after that episode, I looked, I was like, we forgot to talk about the guy that did all the um, uh, counterfeit uh, text and documents. And, you yeah. know, and they were just paying hand over fist for him. It's a great documentary because it, it does show how you have this cognitive dissonance again of people seeing things that totally disagree with what they perceive as their faith and their compass. And then they'll come up with a story to protect it, to protect that belief. It's murder among the Mormons. Murder among the Mormons. That's right. Yeah. A must see. Um, yeah. A must see. Yeah. Definitely. Without a doubt. Yeah. And, that uh, was and, and that's what gets amazing. me with these. That's what gets me with these cults is they'll, just get rooted into this stuff. And the way down, like, I'm so excited to do that one because to date, like heavens, so far of what we've done, we did Nexium, we did, um, heaven's gate and Mormonism, and we did Mormonism. Heaven's gate to me was the craziest one. Mm-hmm. And until now, yeah, way down for me yeah. has taken that title. Yeah, And we have more coming up where it just keeps getting better yeah. and better, but way down to me, just, I remember watching that with you and just looking. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, this is just fucking crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. And the other crazy part is, folks, they're still going. They are. Yeah. So we uh, hope you tune in to episode 69, man. The way down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. I hope your balls are in shape for episode 69. My balls are going to be ready for episode 69, man. man. Yeah. All right. So rule number one, man. No Ouija boards, man. Oh, I know. Two. No dolls, man. Okay, okay. I, unless you want to use it as a bong, man. <laughs> All right, man. Six. No. No. <laughs> no, I don't think it's one, two, six. <laughs> Three, three man. man. What's three, man? No capes, man. All right, all right. They're just dangerous. Far out. They get stuck in stuff, and then you're all like... All right. All right, man. Number two. 
Times two is four, man. No blood rituals. No, that hurts, man. It does, man. And then what happens and is. And then if they have like something wrong, You man, better hope Lady you, Guadalupe comes in and just and shifts you, you around, man. man. Yeah. That could be bad, man. Yeah, otherwise, you know, your balls won't heal. <laughs> Next. Number five. <laughs> Number five. No cults, satanic or otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Number six, no apathy. Yeah. You need to act to help enact positive change in the world. Little baby steps. Yeah, yeah. We can do it. Every Sp- little bit speaking helps. Speaking of baby steps, seven. Don't let the black-eyed children in. Don't freaking. I it. shared a um, strange and creepy post yeah. on the Facebook group, and the title of it is Don't Let the Black-Eyed Children In. Mm. So... I think I labeled it as rule number eight, which is wrong. It's rule number seven. But still, don't let them in. You know, it was interesting. One of our listeners. uh, We don't have listeners. (laughs) Just Dean. (laughs) So Dean sent me this. Okay, what Uh, did Dean say? No, one of the listeners sent, uh, and I forgot to bring it up. It was after we did the black-eyed children. I almost said black-eyed peas. Uh, (laughs) Your humps. Your humps. (laughs) You got your eye humps. The uh, no, your the black eyed black eyed children. And he sent me this thing. It was a ton of videos. I th- I think I might have shared it with you. And apparently, there's this group out there that is uh, of the suspicion or inclination or idea that a possible uh, side effect of the COVID vaccines are resulting in these babies being born, born with black eyes. With black eyes. And they were showing pictures of yeah. them. Yeah. It was a weird looking. It was weird. Now, it's I don't really know weird if it's like, accurate, if it is true. I have no yeah. idea, but I just... Uh, Still, strange and creepy. Well, yeah. And that's what I love about our community, because like, I'll get some stuff that I see, and I'm just like, damn. I would have never have found that. Yeah. You know, and that's just, uh, that's the cool part of the community where they just, uh, they'll show you these, you know, you guys are just awesome. You show us these, uh, these different things and we love you so much for it. But looking at the picture, it was just so strange. It's amazing that going through your whole life, how much the whites of people's eyes matter. Yeah. Cause when you don't see that and you just see all black, it's fucking weird. Like, it's uncomfortable. Like a baby, you look at a baby, you're supposed to be like, oh, that's cute. Even though I, I'm i not a baby person. Yes, you're like not. I look at a baby and be like, oh, yeah, no, he's cute. Mm-hmm. But that, like, looked at, I was like, oh, no. Yeah, it's just like, do something. Yeah, well. Get it- some leaves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 like, it just felt weird about it. I didn't know what to do. I didn't. I watched like. You do what I did. You click. I'm not watching. Yeah, no, that. you see, that's where I. I'll, no, I watched like 10, 15 videos. No, and, uh, no, I watched one. Yeah. And I'll read an article. I'll read hundreds of articles. Yeah, yeah. I may. The thing is, in an article, if there's a picture, if I don't want to see the picture, I can just scroll past and I can continue to read the yeah. article. Yeah. See, it's I, weird what gets you. But here's the thing. Because you could watch Dr. Pimple Popper all day long. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Fascinated with that. And you know what else isn't a problem? I don't have to worry about seeing 
Dr. Pimple Popper walking around my house, where if I watch something like the Black Eyed Children mm-hmm. video, yeah. I'm going to start seeing them. Yeah. You know, I just got rid of the shadow men. Yeah, that sounds like I'm a pers- not going to replace it with the Black Eyed Children. That sounds like a personal problem. I mean, yeah, Jen, it have is. you tried drinking? <laughs> Maybe you should give it a shot. I've tried drinking and weed. Yeah. And guess what? They don't help. Sometimes they actually make it worse. You were kind of hard around to be like with weed. Yeah. Yeah. You were, you were rough to be around. I will say an edible. I had that one edible. The edible slowed you down a bit, but weed put you up a notch, which for those who don't know Jen on a kind of familiar basis. (laughs) I'm already up. This is the last story I'm going to tell and then we'll wrap it up. Because this puts you basically putting a bow on you. I'll wear my bow. I go to the dentist the other day. I went teeth cleaning. Everything's great. Eye doctor's right next door. Like, you know what? My eyes have been bothering me. I should go in and see when my appointment is just so mentally I can kind of just get myself uh, arranged. So I walk in and I'm shooting the shit with him, joking around, doing my, being me. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I get all squared away. I said, you know what? Why don't you check out my girl here and see if she has an appointment? Because if she doesn't, I'll have her call you. Mm-hmm. He goes, all right. He goes, well, what's her name? I go, well, you know, I said, she hates her name. I said, that's too bad because she's got literally the greatest fucking name. So I tell him your name. And he goes, that is a great name. He goes, wait a second. I remember her. Now, you only went once, and that was a year ago. Well, once where I spent an extended period of time. The no, second but time babe, I just went in and they're open up, five days a week and I they have up my glasses. And yeah. they have a ton of people there yeah. every day. Yes. And a year ago he goes, Yeah, I remember her. I go, Yeah, she leaves an impression. He goes, Impression? Holy cow, she was a blast. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I just like, Yes, she leaves an impression. Now what I want to tell every person like that is like Imagine her high. And you know what they'd say? She wasn't? You know, no. no, That's so rude. It's funny because wasn't it your friends that um, you were talking about how I am with caffeinated Yeah. Like if you get spiked with caffeine, that sucks. And they were like, oh, I'd love to see that. And you're like, no. No. No, you don't. No. You're You're not ready for that. I remember the last time you got spiked with caffeine- we went to Dunkin' Donuts. Yep. And it was during the afternoon, yep. summer day. Yep. And you were like, this is caffeine. And I turn to you and I go, I'm going golfing. Yep. And I went and I walked 18 holes of golf mm-hmm. in peace and solitude. Mm-hmm. I had to ditch you. because okay. There's I just know. no way I'm dealing with that. I know. That's a solid, that's a solid four or five hours. Of just chaos. Yeah, it is. It's not fun for me either. No, it can't be. It's not. I don't enjoy it. Uh, Not a fan. But I love you dearly. I love you too. I do. And that's why I I prefer to make my coffee. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's a good choice. So folks, uh, thank you very much for listening to us blab. Hey, I mean... We like doing it. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. And uh, if you can, we've uh, I've noticed some people have uh, 
given us some comments on the uh, uh, the Apple Podcast. I wanted to awesome. Thanks. Yep, thanks for thanks, thanks for that, guys. Yep, yep. Appreciate it. Thanks for the love, and um, I'm consciously um, making it a point to be active in the Facebook group to make it a fun place where there's more than just oh hey this is our episode this week <laughs> or these are pictures from our episode this week you mean the stuff i do the boring official stuff i mean yeah no i know yours is just big words i'm just boring so i'm trying to make it fun well i i think you're doing fine hey thanks i think you're doing good um i did post the Reminder from Evercrumbly and Witch. They were from our Salem, Massachusetts uh, Halloween episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have their uh, spring, like, I don't want to call it an open house, but it's, it's similar to that. That is sometime tomorrow where they will drop a bunch of... New hats, including uh, straw hats. Well, why don't you post that in the... Uh... I did. I posted it in okay. the group. All right. It's in there. Uh, just a reminder okay. to check them out. Yeah. Because they're, they are legit hat makers. They're, like, they're not only amazing hats. And, they're very and they're, nice people. They're super, super nice people. Yes. I, I spoke with her husband when we were in Salem. I've spoken year. with her several times. Well, no, and I talked to him and I said, I'd like to have her or both of them, but I'd like to have her on the podcast. Yeah. Um, it's just an amazing story. Yeah. And, I, and a big reason I want to have her on is because uh, it's a story of if you have something you love, it's worth going for it. Yeah. And yep. uh, they led a very normal life before mm-hmm. hat making. Yep. And, you know, you've got to have some... You got to have some balls to get into hat making. And I will say like their pop-up booths, Mm -hmm. it's impressive. Yeah. No, they got amazing booths, but also. You're automatically drawn to it. Like their hat is just very, like, you know, it's their hat. It's very distinct. It's very distinct. And they're both just sweethearts. They're just very, very sweet people. So if you can, I know the economy's tough, but if you can uh, check them out and if you see a hat you like. Go for it. I will they say. They last a lifetime. It's worth the money, and they will give you instructions with your hat, mm-hmm. even if you don't see them in person. If you order from their store, they give you instructions, and they will also provide the option where you can ship your hat back, and they'll do, like, a refurb for yep. it. Like, they'll clean it up, and no, they'll make it all nicey-nice. And They're the real deal. They are the real they deal. They really are the real deal. Yep. And, um... You know, definitely, like I said, if you can at least check them out or share them. Yes, definitely. You know, share them on your uh, your your profile mm-hmm. if you can. Yep. Uh, you know, give them give them the uh, the props. Yes. And uh, yeah, with that being said, thanks for listening. We look forward to uh, you listening next week to our cult of the month, the way oh, down. I'm so excited! We can't wait to get it uh, into that pot of hot steamy mess. Yes. So have a wonderful day, a lovely week. And make good choices. Take care.